Well, we're going to continue our series, The Bible and National Defense. And last week, Lynn, we took a break from that, and Lynn talked on Mother's Day about the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God. I thought she did an awesome job talking about the presence of God, that God is everywhere, but just because he's everywhere doesn't always mean that his presence is manifested and evident. And so um, if you want to go back and listen to that, you can. Today, we're going to talk about submission, submission. And obedience. They are not the same. They're closely related. They're very closely related, like paternal twins who maybe don't quite look just like one another, but they are twins, right? Um, Submission and obedience are two different things. In Romans chapter 13, Paul addresses the church in Rome. In Romans chapter 13, verse 1, Uh, This has been kind of our springboard. It won't be on this screen because I'm just going off, um, just kind of going off my notes a little bit. But Romans 13, 1, it says, let everyone be subject. Some translations actually say submit. So let everyone be subject or submit to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. Now we're just going to stop there. I'll let you go through and read the rest of that for yourself. But the word submit or be subject to or however your translation reads, the Greek word is hupotasso. It's a compound Greek word hupo, meaning to be under, to understand that there's an arrangement and a structured order to God's design. And he says, I want you to understand that I want you to be under or submit to, have an understanding of, order, and structure as it relates to mankind. And so this is our understanding. But it's not, just because I understand something doesn't mean I obey it, right? Anybody got teenagers or toddlers? They understand what you say, but they don't necessarily obey it, right? And then what happens in the house? Well, every house is different. You probably shouldn't say what happens in your house. I don't want to know. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 tells us, talking about our thought life and how we manage our thoughts, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, this is a different topic, a different issue. But in the Greek, this is the word hupakoi, hupakoi, and it literally means to be, it literally means to do what you're told. It doesn't mean that when I do what I'm told, I like what I'm told, but I do it. And so Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and he says that when you're struggling in your mind with thoughts, and some of those thoughts are pretty evil and dark at times, he says you take those thoughts into captivity, and you command them to obey the word of God based on the word of God that you understand and know. So when the enemy comes into your mind and whispers into your ear, whatever he whispers, you combat that with scripture, and you say, no, you will obey what the word of God says. One is understanding structure and order and a proper attitude. One is an action. 
And I can act but not necessarily have the right attitude, right? And so what we have to understand is that submission and obedience are two very different things. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, I know I'm throwing a lot of scripture at you this morning, so just hang on. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. What Isaiah is saying, it says, if you're willing, if you have the right attitude and you're obedient, I can be obedient and have the right attitude, or I can be obedient and have the wrong attitude. But here Isaiah says, if you have the right attitude and you're obedient, you can eat the good of the land. So there are two things here, as I said. Submission is an attitude. Obedience is an act. This is what we have to understand. I can obey and be the most disgruntled employee, angry employee in the company and have a cruddy attitude. Does anybody want to work with that person? They're doing what they're told, but does anybody want to work with that person? No. Does anybody want to govern or rule that person? No. Or I can do what I'm told, do what I'm supposed to do, have a submissive attitude and a good attitude. Who wants to work with that person? Yeah, who wants to govern that person? You notice what I'm, you notice what I'm not saying? I'm not saying you agree with them. I'm not even saying you're on the same page, but I'm saying your attitude's in check. Right? We get our attitude in check. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through a couple other things, but before I do that, I need a volunteer. Do I have a volunteer? Can I get somebody to volunteer? You adults keep letting kids, teenagers, beat you out. Oh, Rachel, come on up. So I'm going do you, to, do you like Sour Patch Kids or Warheads? No. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to eat one anyway. She said, okay. Like, she's being obedient, but she doesn't really want to. You get what I'm saying? Okay. I'm not going to make you eat it because it's just really nasty. (laughs) What I am going to ask you to do, however, is take one of these. And as I talk here for the next few minutes, just kind of get the saliva going. Set this on your tongue. And just let it melt on your tongue. That's all I'm asking you to do. It's not hard. Just let it melt. Like, Well, it's just a thing that I... I don't know. I bought them on the internet. Just put it in your mouth. No, seriously. It's fine. I already, I already did this myself at home. So it's actually, just let it melt. I'm going to talk. You good? As it starts to melt, you're going to find out it tastes pretty good. Doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't? Well, okay. You see, just let it melt. Just Keep letting them out. Mm-hmm. Wow. I thought it tastes pretty good. All right. <clears throat> Everybody's taste buds is, are different, huh? Well, here's the, man, I really hope this, it worked for me at home. I mean, I always try my object lessons at home before I do them up here, and it worked. Okay. Wow. This is, so what happens if I blow the trust? All right, we'll talk later. So, anyway, 
this whole this whole idea. Have, have you ever had war, who has had warheads or sour patch? Okay, right. And and what what do they taste like? It's not a trick question. What are they? Sour, bitter, nasty. No, they're nasty. <laughs> but here's what here's what I want you to understand. That eating one of these things, like when I told you to eat this, right? And, have, and you're like, mm, you're the pastor, I'll do it, but no, right? Great submissive attitude, great willing to be obedient, but you didn't really want to do it, right? Okay. If I just eat one of these without having one of those things, is that melted yet? No. Okay, let it keep melting. Just swish it around in your mouth, get it around in your mouth. If I eat one of these, this is like being obedient and having the wrong attitude straight up, Okay. It's gross. Whoever said it's delicious, you just like disobedience. <laughs> and I've marked you out now from the congregation on who you are. No, I'm kidding. But seriously, obedience, is with, obedience without the right attitude is just bitter, and it's sour, and it's yucky, right? But if you put one of these on your taste buds, is it melted yet? Okay, well, you're going to get one of these. How, how much of it is left? Okay, you can just do whatever. Okay, so would you like a warhead or would you like Sour Patch Kid? Sour Patch. Okay. This is that moment where as a speaker, you really hope your object lesson works. But, uh, so these are Sour Patch. They're tropical. They're as nasty as it gets. So have one. Right? How is it? What happened? <laughs> well, I thought you said these were nasty. You didn't like them. They're not bad. <laughs> Here's what just happened. I gave her these little, one of these little pills. It alters your taste buds. So everything that is bitter and nasty tastes sweet. You can literally eat a lemon, and the lemon will taste like sugar. You can eat broccoli. Parents, listen up. You buy these. Broccoli begins to taste sweet. Asparagus will taste sweet because these alter your taste buds. This is the attitude of submission. This is obedience. And when I operate in the and I operate in the attitude of submission, obedience becomes sweet. But without the attitude of submission, obedience is bitter and nasty. I'm seeing some light bulbs going on. Is it good? Do you want another one? Because it lasts for 15 minutes. It lasts for 15 minutes, so you got 15 minutes to enjoy Sour Patch Kids. Go ahead. Thank you. Can we give her a round of applause for that? If you want to know what these are, ask me after church, and then you can just drop them in your kids' drink, and they'll never know the difference, and they'll eat their broccoli. Right? So here's what I want us to understand, though. That when we have, like I said, when we have the right attitude... Obedience becomes sweet and okay. The problem is, is a lot of us just have the wrong attitude. The wrong attitude. In Matthew chapter 21, Jesus tells us this parable. Matthew 21, verses 18 through 21. He gives us this parable. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first one and said, son... Go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. 
(laughs) But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did what the father wanted? The first they answered, and Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of heaven ahead of you. He's talking to the religious people. He said, because the tax collectors and the prostitutes get this, you religious people don't. Ouch. You see, the first son, the first son didn't want to, but somewhere along the way, he had an attitude change, an attitude of submission and went and did it. The second son never had an attitude of submission and just didn't do it and never obeyed. One is humble and submissive. One was not. Again, obedience is an act. Submission is an attitude. And this gets really important when we begin to talk about spiritual development and spiritual growth and how we approach the government and approach our government and governing authorities and people that rule over us, right? We have an example. Paul, the, Paul the apostle, brought people up underneath of him, mentored people. He mentored people like Titus. He mentored somebody like Timothy. He had other people like we're going to read about here as he writes to Timothy in his letter, um, First Timothy chapter one verse twenty. He's talking about um, that dude's name that I can't. Among them are this dude that I can't mention his name or pronounce it, and then Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. Now this is pretty steep. Just leave that on the screen for a minute. This is pretty steep. You know what? I'm not going to deal with you anymore. You're making bad decisions. You're playing into the hands of the enemy. Go. I'm I'm done warning you. I'm done trying to protect you. Go. I've handed you over to your desires and your lusts and whatever. This is what Paul's saying. He says, now I had this guy named Alexander. And Alexander knew what was right. We're going to see another passage in 2 Timothy where Paul talks about Alexander in his second letter to Timothy. But Paul had two people. He had Timothy and he had Alexander. Alexander chose to do things his own way, didn't have an attitude of submission. Timothy, on the other hand, did. Timothy had what most leaders look for when they're wanting to grow someone in their organization. It's a word. It's called coachability. Can I coach you up? Every, anybody who's ever been involved in athletics knows I can have a stud star athlete who's hyper-gifted but if they're not coachable, sorry about you. Sit the pine. I'm going to take this kid who's coachable and will listen. Right? And it's likely that Alexander had all of that. But he wasn't willing to submit. He wasn't willing to be coachable. He wasn't willing to learn. He wasn't willing to have the proper attitude towards Paul. And so Paul says, you know what? I've just given him over to Satan. He didn't say Alexander was going to hell. He said, I'm going to let Alexander have to deal with his, cons- his own consequences. 
and the results of them. But you, Timothy, he goes on in the letter, he goes, but you, Timothy, you keep doing what you know to do. You keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. In 2 Timothy 4, 14 through 14 and 15, Alexander the metal worker, this is Paul writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy, Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he he strongly opposed our message. Alexander heard the message, heard Paul, understood Paul, and then said, you know what, I don't think I like that. I'm going to go do my own thing and then began to oppose Paul, oppose Timothy. And Paul says, you know that blacksmith Alexander that we picked up? that heard the gospel, and he wasn't coachable. He wasn't willing to submit. He wasn't willing to listen and to learn and grow. And so you know what? Timothy, the Lord will repay him. The Lord will take care of him. You go about and do your business. Now, this is a big lesson for all of us, right? Because we all have people in our lives that we're like, what is wrong with them? Anybody have a, let me see your hand. If you have a person in your life, you're like, what is wrong with them? If you don't, I'm going to ask you if you're even breathing. Because, <laughs> like, they're everywhere. Okay, look at your neighbor and say, it's not you. It's not you. <laughs> look at your other neighbor and go, I don't know. I don't know if it's you. I don't know. But we all have that person, right? And, and Paul says, listen, stop worrying about them. You do what you're supposed to do. You have a coachable, submissive attitude. And then when you're asked to do something, be obedient. Right? You're like, what does this have to do with government and people ruling over us and our town board or our mayor or, or, or whomever? What does this have to do with that? Well, here's what happens. A lot of us get a bad attitude towards our government. Whether we voted for them or not doesn't matter because we've already talked about, the, about God establishes governments he, rise, he causes nations to rise and he causes nations to fall based on, the, right, based on a lot of things that we talked about a few weeks ago. A lot of people are just obeying government with the wrong attitude. And when you obey with the wrong attitude, it feels like bondage. When you, obedience without submissive attitude is bondage, point blank. I got to, I got to do this. I just have to. I got to do, I got to, they said to, so I just have to. And it feels like bondage. And then you know what happens when you begin to act out of bondage? You become bitter. You become unforgiving. You become angry. You become cynical. Do I need to keep going on? And what do we have? We have people who have become angry and cynical and bitter towards government. Because they're just doing because the government said so, but my attitude is way off base. I see it in teenagers all the time. I'm doing it because you said so. But they're bitter, they're angry, their attitude is wrong. And so they just do it because they're supposed to. Right? Now here's the problem with this. It creates rebellion. The Bible says that rebellion is the same in God's eyes as witchcraft. Oh, snap. (laughs) Just got serious, right? 
that if we're not careful with our attitude, rebellion in God's eyes will equal witchcraft. Because why? Because God set people in authority, whether he moves on the hearts of a nation to vote a certain way, whether things are in, however he does it, he's approved the authority of the position. It doesn't mean that he agrees with the policies that they put in place. It doesn't mean that he agree, God agrees with the laws. But he's put the position and the authority of the position in place so that there's order and structure. You're going to disagree with people. That's okay. You're, you're going to have points of contention. That's okay. But when we simply obey with the wrong attitude, we find ourselves getting cynical. We find ourselves getting uh, bitter and having unforgiveness in our hearts. And then we open the door for the enemy because we're acting without the right attitude. What we have to do, as King David said, is search me, try me, God, and see if there's any offensive way in me. And then root it out. Root it out. Because I want what you want, God. So how do we handle disagreement with those in authority? Number one, we have to pray for them. We have to pray for them. I don't care if you voted for them or not. You pray for them. And you don't pray, God, make them do it the way I would do it. Right? Most people, like, will pray that, right? Like, God, I'm right. I know I'm right. So just, no, nobody made you God, all right? You pray for them. First Timothy 2, 2. You study yourself. Now, when I say study yourself, I don't mean study the issue yourself. I mean study your own heart. Study your own motives. Study, study your own thought life. Study your own attitudes. I have this attitude towards this person in authority where, why am I feeling this way? What's this, where's this coming from? Right? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter if it's somebody in authority here in the church or if it's somebody in authority, whether it's a congressman or a sheriff or whomever. I have this attitude towards them and this is not a healthy attitude. Study yourself, 2 Timothy 2.15. If you feel you need to approach them, you approach them with kindness, Proverbs 15.1. You approach them out of kindness and out of love, not out of being combative. When I've been asked to come to the state house and open our state legislatures and state legislation in prayer, the sessions in prayer, I go to serve. I'm not there to push my opinion or my or my political views or debate anybody who's there. This is. When you go to serve and you go to love, here's what you got to realize. They're people too. They have families too. They have a home too. That they're people just like you and I. Right? Okay, so what if they got bribed and paid off to pass a law? It just shows you more about who they really are and you should pray for them and approach them in kindness. Like, hey, you know, we all know. You know, like, Whatever. Approach them with kindness. And then four, agree to disagree agreeably. Acts 15, 36 through 41. You'll see a story there where they agreed to disagree 
agreeably. It's actually the story of, of Paul and Barnabas, Mark and Silas. Mark, Paul had taken Mark, but the kitchen got too hot for Mark, and so Mark left Paul on his missionary journey. Mark left. So Paul brought in, Paul brought in Barnabas, and they had, um, I'm sorry, so Paul said, well, hey, we're going back out, and Silas said, well, let's take Mark, and Paul's like, no, I'm not taking Mark, because he ditched me the last time. He, he left me high and dry in a heated situation. I'm not taking Mark. He'll desert me. He'll leave the trench. He won't stay in the trench with me. So Paul said, instead, I'm going to take Barnabas, right? I've got this story way botched up. Go read it. <laughs> I can't remember who took who. But basically, Paul disagreed, and they talked it out, and Paul said, okay, I'm going to go this way. You go that way. I'm going to take this person, and you take that person. They agreed to disagree agreeably. Does that make sense? They said, okay. Paul's like, I'm not, I'm not working with Mark. I'm not working with him. He's going to leave me high and dry when the kitchen gets hot. So those are the four things that when you find somebody in authority over you, how do you, you pray for them, you pray for the situation, study yourself and your own motives, approach them with kindness, and if you can't come to terms, you agree to disagree agreeably. Here's what we have to understand, and this is what we see with Paul and Timothy, Paul and Alexander, Paul and Mark, Paul and Silas. Paul. Anybody that Paul is raising up under him, this is what people need to understand. The power to, the power to be an authority comes from learning to submit. When I can get my attitude right, when I can get my, myself in check, then I'm ready to have a position of authority. But too many times, people want to come in and begin to take over because, well, I've done this before. I know what I'm doing. That statement right there, I've done this before, I know what I'm doing, get out of my way, that kind of attitude, right there tells me you're not ready to lead because it's not a submissive authority. I remember when, we, when the river started about 10 years ago, uh, we were about close to a year in, and we had this gentleman and his family come, and he came in, and he, <laughs> we just began to talk after church one day, and he, he said, because you know, he goes, I've been an elder at every church. I've been an elder at every church I've been at. He goes, um, do you have elders? Anybody ever have a conversation and red flags start going up? Right? He goes, and I've led this, and I've led this, and I've been an elder, and I said, oh, man, that's great. You know what? We're cleaning up here at the junior high. We were in the lapel junior high at the time, and so we're cleaning up. I said, can you go in the bathroom and make sure the bathroom is cleaned up and, and the toilet, toilet paper's full and stuff before we leave so the custodians don't have to worry about that? Well, I suppose. Right. Look. If you can't clean a toilet, you're not ready to lead, hands down, right? I want my opinion. I want my voice heard. Get in, submit, have an attitude of submission, begin to serve, begin to obey those in authority over you. That says, as time goes on, I'm ready to lead. 
Anybody ever had a boss <laughs> that never worked their way up through the ranks? They just kind of came in right at the top, right? How was that boss? Just curious. Maybe that should be a rhetorical question. Don't answer that. Yeah. Now, I've had bosses come in above me where they've worked their way from the bottom up from someplace else, and it's been okay. There's something about the attitude of submission that makes obedience seem less like bondage. And it's the attitude. And so what we have to do is say, Holy Spirit, give me the correct attitude. Help my attitude. Help my view of things. One last story. You can write this down. Look it up yourself. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10. The Roman centurion's child is sick. And the Roman centurion goes to Jesus. And he says to Jesus, he goes, listen, I'm a man under authority. And I have soldiers that are under me. And he says, so Jesus, all you have to do is simply speak the word and the sickness will have to obey you. Jesus was blown away by this. Because most people are like, I got to touch Jesus or Jesus got to touch me. Or... But the Roman centurion understood that an order was an order. And it didn't matter if it came from somebody 20 minutes away or two days away. An order was an order. He understood authority. He understood obedience and submission. And Jesus says, go on home. Your, your child's fever has left them. And Jesus was blown away by his understanding of authority and submission. And so as we approach our government and as we approach those in authority over us, what we have to do is say, okay, I completely disagree with this decision. But is my attitude in the right place? Can I approach them in love? Can we agree to disagree and be civil? Because without it, I'm just obeying and I feel like I'm in bondage. And then bitterness and cynicism and unforgiveness begin to set into our hearts. And then we want to rebel. God's like, guys, this is not how it's designed to be. So I want to encourage you this week, do a self-study towards government. Do a self-study towards your senators and your congressmen and your state legislators. Do a self-study. God, am I in the right attitude? Even if, even if the person that's in authority over you is way to the left or way to the right, is your attitude. Of, do you want to see them in heaven? Closing thought. When the Apostle Paul died and went into heaven, this is just my own thought. This is not in the Bible. You know, you know who applauded Paul's entry into heaven? You know who was there standing and cheering for heaven in heaven for Paul? All the people he had martyred. That's what the gospel does. We should be praying for those that are different than us and those who are 
like us. Let's stand on our feet. If you're here this morning and maybe maybe at one point in your life you had chosen to follow Jesus and you've walked away from him or maybe you've never chosen to follow Jesus at all. I want to invite you to come forward. If I could get Aaron and Lori to come up here and Josh and Beth to come up on this side. And if you're here and you want to just rededicate your life to Christ, say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus. And not follow like on social media and click like, yeah, I like Jesus, whatever. But I mean like, I want to be, I want Jesus to control everything in my life, my attitudes, my thoughts. I want Jesus to define my identity. If that's you, I want to invite you to come forward. They want to pray with you. If you're here this morning, as we close out in this last portion of this song, if you're here this morning, you need prayer for anything, they want to pray with you. Let's sing. It's your breath. really love about the prodigal son story you had the disobedient son right he goes out and he squanders everything but he comes back with a repentant heart and what does the father do he runs to him he puts a ring on his hand he puts a robe on his back he throws a party for him and then you have the son who was the obedient one right but his heart wasn't in the right place he goes back and he does everything his father asked because he wanted to make sure he was going to get his inheritance. 
But here's the beautiful thing about that story. It's not about the son that came back with the repentant heart. It's not about the son who was the disobedient one. But what did the father do? He invites them both to the party. There's the good news. Whether you're the obedient one or the disobedient one, God is inviting you to his table. And that breath you have in your lungs right now, it's all because of him. Everything that we have. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will Man, you guys ready to have an awesome week? All right. Listen, you guys go have an awesome week. Be sure to sign up to uh, help us out Memorial Day weekend. Love you guys. Have a great week.